Cause I'm so fucking good! That ain't no shit, neither! <laughs> ain't war hell! Nation to episode four of season three of the Stinky Cast. I, of course, am always MJ Skapanak, joined as always alongside Brentley Bush. And Brent, we have two weeks now officially in the books in the Stinky Leagues. And look, Brent, we all talked about it during the draft, maybe even more so after the draft, poolside, which I know you weren't there. You and I have have waxed on it as well about how even these teams are, how even of a draft it was this year. And that is really bared out here over the first two weeks as we have only three undefeated teams remaining. And Brent, let's face it, it should really only be two. But more on that in a bit. We had a action-packed week two, and we have a lot to get into today, including a special guest on the Stinky Hotline. But Brent, where do you want to begin? Yeah, we're going to bring the heat this week with, uh, like you said, the interview that we're having later on in the show. But it was kind of a crazy week. We're starting to see if week one was a bunch of, you know, random things that are not going to happen again or if some things are actually becoming like a pattern for this season. So we're starting to get a, a little bit more of a feel on that. And, you know, we had some we had some good bets this week in Stinky, which resulted in like a gathering for Monday Night Football. That we'll that we'll uh, talk about a little bit later. So it's starting. It's really starting to heat up. I feel like in in football and in stinky. So I think uh, I think it's going to get start getting real interesting here, starting this week with as we always do. Frankie's feedback corner. That was that was Yoda Razio in the bathroom. Now the timing on that one, it sounded like it was the the timing on that one came in right around that fab party, which in that little intro we did there, we didn't even mention how epic the fab party was last week. I, I feel like we really need to talk about that. But this call sounded like it came from the bathroom. I recognize the acoustics from that venue, and I think that was Barfo puking in the bathroom at the fab party. Yeah, Brent, it sounded like it was Princess Barfo. I mean, I've seen a lot of footage of him throwing up at this point. Uh, I've seen him in person throwing up. So I think that did kind of sound like Barco. And obviously that just carried out into the actual fab party. You're right. We didn't touch on it. It was epic. Probably the, the biggest, greatest, best of all time that we've seen in terms of fab energy. And uh, yeah, I mean, Tucci comes up, which we're going to hear from the horse himself right from the horse's mouth later on about how that whole thing unfolded. But just to touch on Barfo throwing up, he threw up in the stall, then he threw up in the bids. Brent, I'm still scratching my head over that 60-whatever, 60 $61 million on Tim Patrick. What the hell was that? It was certainly not the most crazy bid 
that night, but it it was it kind of flew under the radar until you pointed it out that he uh, he snagged him. And I know, you, you know, I think you noticed it really quickly because you know Tim Patrick being the replacement for your guy Jerry Judy. I'm pretty sure from looking at the Fab report that you had a pretty decent sized bid in for Tim Patrick. I did. I think about 19, which I I honestly I wasn't expecting to get him for 19, and I didn't I didn't like really desperately want him. Um, it, you know, t- it turns out with I got another injury this week to Landry, so maybe I probably should have gone higher, but I couldn't have foreseen that happening, uh, obviously, when I put my bid in uh, before the game started on Sunday. So uh, I, I wanted him. I would have taken him if I got him, but I, I didn't think 19 would be a winning bid. I, I certainly didn't think, though, that I would have to exceed $61 million in order to get him. That, that is an outlandishly high bid in my estimation. Were you the closest bidding to the 61 for him? I do believe. Uh, Now, he'll probably fact check us after he listens to this and let us know, but I do believe that I was the closest. So 19 was the closest to his 61. So not a great showing, not a good coming out party for Princess Barfo in his first big fab party. Luckily, he had a big performance on the field, which we'll touch on later in the recaps, but he got off to a shaky start this week. A shaky start, strong finish, but um, like you said, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But let's get into the next one here. What up, Stinky? This is uh, Han Bago over here. It's uh, 11.58 on Sunday, and I'm calling to let the Stinky cast know that their mind tricks about me not starting Winston definitely is wearing on me. And right now, I still got Big Ben in there, and I'm I just want to apologize to Jameis Winston um, when he goes off later today. And I'm very sorry in advance. And, uh, Zeppy, guys, you want to say something? Yeah. Yeah. What's up, brah? What's up, brah? I thought you were going to say what's up, ka. What's up, ka? What's up, ka? What's up, brah? Okay. I'm Bago out. Oh, man. Long time caller. Don't, don't be a stranger, Bags. It's good to hear from you, buddy, on the, uh, on the feedback hotline. Wow, Brent. Now, the, the good good news, bad news, uh, Bags will not have any more difficulties deciding on who to start between Big Ben and Jameis Winston, at least for the foreseeable future, because uh, Big Ben is dealing with some kind of a pectoral issue, and it looks like he's going to miss some time here. Yeah, well, I mean, I think this is exactly how I laid it out uh, right after the draft, right? Like, I guess, what, well, like two episodes ago, where I said, you know, shitty offensive line. Aging Ben Roethlisberger, who's looking washed up, gets hurt, offense tanks. It happened last year. It's, it, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying like I was like some sort of prophet. I think it was kind of like a, a ubiquitous mm-hmm. take going into the season. But regardless, it, it's it's playing out pretty much how we thought it would. And um, his boy Jameis didn't make him feel bad because he, he actually had a pretty shitty game too. So I think, uh, you know, I think – Bags might be having a little fab party for himself this week to try and rectify that situation that he was talking about there with his quarterback decision. I agree, Brent. I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be some fast and furious action in this week's fab party, which uh, not as, not as sexy, obviously not as, is high caliber, not the high dollar amounts that we saw in last fab party. But I think this is going to be a pretty ferociously active fab market. Uh, this week for the quarterback position, as well as maybe some wide receivers uh, that are out there. So I don't know if we'll touch on that maybe a little bit later in the show. But but first, I think we do have a little bit more feedback. 
We do, but did you say Fast and Furious? Was that like a, a vehicle pun on the, the uh, on like who you were referring to? Like I, I I don't know if that if you did that on intentionally or not. I don't know, Brent. <laughs> you sneaky motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, let's let's go into the next one here. Hi, yes, this is Apu calling for the draft weasel two. Um, Miss Weasel. Um, I did per your request. I did check the CBS projections with the Guru, and I have to say he came back with everything is accurate and your team is shit. Okay, thank you. Come again. A poo, or, you know, I wow. think he he has called the show more than anyone in Stinky uh, over the past two seasons. Here he is again here responding to some complaints from Weasel about his his inaccurate projections. And kind of just, you know, assuring him that it is his, it was his shitty team and not CBS this time. Yeah, I, I like Apu. He's one. He's a great friend of the show. He's one of our favorite callers here in the early season, the early uh, uh, show season that we have going on right now. Always good to hear from Apu. And uh, yeah, he's addressing uh, Tooch, who uh, actually, Brent, uh, we'll we'll get into a little uh, interview. We're gonna light up the stinky hotline and hear from him in a bit. I think. You know, he might have a couple additional things to add to his projections and, and how, uh, you know, disgruntled he is in terms of, in terms of those projections. But, um, you know, speaking of projections in his game, uh, shall we get into the slate of action now from this week? So we're going we're gonna to set this up a little different because we have that interview coming up and we're going to hit these recaps right away without delay and get right into it here. So, um I guess we'll start with we uh, the first game we talked about last week on the slate was the um, the bags versus myself game. So I guess that's a, as a good place as ever to start it off again here. So um, you had picked me to win this game. I had Correct. picked bags, and as it turns out, you got the one up on me here because I was able to take bags down in this game and. I, I mean, I owe a lot of it to the Thursday night game where Terry McLaurin had a pretty, pretty big game, and both Gibson and Logan Thomas had a pretty subpar game. So I was feeling pretty good after that Thursday game, and he just wasn't able to do anything, you know, after that on Sunday to really make up any any major ground on me. Yeah, the writing was on the wall after that Thursday night game. I think uh, you you nailed it there. Um, you know, he had two players, two pretty high-profile players, um, you know, probably arguably his top running back and, like, you know, an upper echelon tight end, and you outscored both of them with your one wide receiver. So, uh, I yeah, I think, you know, I was feeling pretty confident about my pick of you after the Thursday night game. And uh, it's just unraveled for bags this week. I mean, he had a – it all came together last week for him, but – it was it was just an abysmal showing. He you know he had basically no performers really uh, come out and, and show out this week. I mean maybe Jones possibly. Well, Deontay, had... Deontay Johnson had a decent eighteen game, um, but you know I th- feel like the storyline for him this week was was injuries. It looks like you know like Deontay Johnson got hurt on the last play of the game. Now I know that they've recently said. It's not that serious, but it was a, he had the Sunday scaries for a little bit there. He had Deontay Johnson go down right at the end of the game on a meaningless play. He had Amari Cooper go down. like I think that was the end of the game, too, on, on what seemed like right. like almost one of the final plays. And now we find out that Ben has an injured pectoral. So 
he mm-hmm. went down in that game. Uh, you know, that was that was just a rough. And then, like, at the end of the game, I think um, CEH fumbled to kind of give the game away. And so. From the 32-yard line. Balls it out. Oh, the ball is out. He lost it. The Ravens all around it. Who has it? Baltimore. Oh boy. He might be in the doghouse right. after that. It was it was just a tough, tough end of the week for him. Yeah, I think on, on your end, I think you had a pretty good week here. I mean, your your defense, you wanna you wanna see more. You're expecting way more than that playing Houston. Maybe Houston's the real deal. Who knows? They they look good in week one. But still, you're expecting to get a lot more than five off of the Browns playing Houston in that game. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Tannehill, I mean, he did everything you want to see except for the no touchdowns. I mean, it's a, it's a puzzling game. He puts up, you know, 380 yards, basically, of total offense, 350 through the air. He had a great game. They put up 33 points. They're in overtime. Like, you're just thinking that's a three or four touchdown game for them. And if he adds those those touchdowns to that, the rest of that, um, you know, performance, you know, you're looking at about a 135, 140 point game, feeling much better about things. I, I think that's going to be correctable. I, I, I said last week that you have much better days ahead. I would not panic if I were you. And like looking over the rest of your performances here, like I think you're riding the ship here. It's just a matter of Tannehill executing in the, in the red zone, in the red areas, and getting some more of those touchdowns. I think obviously uh, King Henry kind of sharked a lot of opportunities this week, which of course he's going to eat. But you're expecting, you know, Tannehill to put up a nice amount of touchdowns as well this season. Yeah, I mean, when you when you have Tannehill, you have to expect those games out of Henry where he just hogs like three touchdowns, and that just comes with the territory. You have to hope that he has respectable yardage totals, and that's what happened here. But you know, Julio Jones and your boy Art Juan Brown aren't gonna aren't gonna end the year with like you know two or three touchdowns. Like the touchdowns are gonna come. It's just a matter of time here. I feel like with that. So like you said, I'm not I'm not too worried, but uh. You know, we can move on. We, t- we talked about this game pretty much at length. We know Bags has some issues he has to deal with. We already referred to, like, a potential quarterback change he might have to make. And, um, you know, every, I had I had Weasel pointing out Tony Pollard on my bench having a big game. And, uh, like, like that's a bad thing. But, like, he's he, that's why I didn't trade Pollard to Booty when he was asking me two different times for Pollard because I knew what I had. And I wasn't going to just hand him away to Booty for a shitty receiver. So, you know, that's that's why I held on to him. But let's right, move on. Right. And it, yeah, two elite, I just want to squeeze in real quick. Two elite running backs, uh, it looks like, presumably, is a good problem to have. Like, if you have two guys that were like one guy does nothing every week and, and one guy has like 10 or 12 points and you're trying to decide which one it's going to be, that's a bad situation to be in. But if you have two guys that are going to be putting up nearly 20 points or whatever, 15 to 24 points a week. Like that's a good problem. Right. And like he, Pollard becomes like, uh, you know, if, if I can't get him into my lineup now, then he becomes when bye weeks start happening, he, he slides into my flex. So not too worry about that. Right. All right. So next up on the slate, we have Frankie's freak squad versus PRB <laughs> PR in the butt. I mean, Talk about in the butt. This game was in the toilet with this with this freaking score here, dude. That I'm looking at, 86.62 to 85.06. He he wins by like a point and a half basically, and he did it on 
on Monday night with the, you know, the, with the five points that he got out of Jamal Williams. And he sneaks by and gets a, just a, a really fraud garbage win here over, over Frank, who just put, couldn't put any double. Well, I mean, he had a couple double digit scoring there with, with of course, Jake Allen popping into, into the 20 range and T Higgins and uh, the Bucks D. But did you hear this? Have you heard the story while we're here talking about T Higgins? Have you heard the story about the draft and how he he got T Higgins? Yes, Brent. I called out. I called him on. It was PR, PRB and I that that revealed it and called the weasel rule on him. And he happily admitted that it was indeed his mistake, and he took the shot uh, because PRB and I both wanted Higgins, so we were furious about it. And we PRB and I were watching him write Higgins' name on the board. And he put him in the tight end slot on his board. Oh, that's how that's what that crossed out on the board was. Yeah. And we were like, wait a second, wait a second. And and like Frank is like, well, he's the tight end for the Rams. And we're like, no, bro, he's a wide receiver for Cincinnati. Are you kidding me, man? What are you kidding me? You're kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. Kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 Are you kidding me or what? And and I were furious. Wow, that is good. That's a that's a nice little draft tidbit that we that we uh we overlooked in our draft episode. Correct. That was yeah, and that was the only weasel, the 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 only official and effective weasel call out was that one and uh yeah so he's got so it still kind of chaps me to see him in his lineup there but um i don't know that it's going to matter much this year, Brent, because frank is not off to a very good start this season um but PRB look he has up- look at the players he has we're talking about josh allen antonio brown who i think is going to have a decent year just you know I, I think i think it's going to be like hit or miss with those receivers in tampa which one blows up from week to week, mm-hmm. um, you know, whichever one has the better matchup in the secondary, Tom Brady's going to hit the open guy, you know, and then, uh, you know, DK Metcalf with eight points. I know you love him. Yeah. You really, don't, you really yeah. think that's, that's going to happen a lot. No, I, like I said, I was higher on this roster post draft than you were. Like I like Frank's lineup. Like I, I saw this as like a fringe playoff uh, team and like, look, ultimately it might still turn into that. Like, I historically, the last two years, whatever, like I get off to very slow starts. Some people get off to those explosive starts and just kind of ride that that wave the rest of the year. Who knows how the rest of the year is going to go? But like as of right now, look, I'm highly concerned about his running back situation. I mean, Barkley, I was expecting that that cat to be like a 21 to 24 point per game guy most weeks. Like it's just not looking like it's going to go that way for that player. And, I mean, Seattle is looking like they're going to utilize Lockett a little bit more. Like that, I think Metcalf and Lockett are going to – they're going to go back, regress to the mean a little bit each for for both of them moving forward. But, like, it's not looking like Metcalf's going to be, like, a top three fantasy wide receiver like I thought might be possible as well. So just a lot of things that could have went Frank's way really look like they're not going to. So, I mean, he could still maybe make the playoffs, but it's going to be a dogfight, I think, moving forward for him. Yeah, I agree. And on the other side of the ball here – you know, with PRB, I, you know, we don't have to be impressed with his team coming out of this with a win. We can really just talk about the problems on his side. Uh, and this, you know, you have James Robinson here who, you know, there's rumors floating around, uh, you know, in the in the stinky airwaves that he's, he's trying to float him out there uh, on the trade market with the with the 
PRB trade rate machine. And uh, I can see why, because uh, Jacksonville is, I think, the only team in the league that doesn't have an opportunity in the red zone. Like, they haven't ran a play in the red zone yet this year in two weeks. Like, absolutely crazy, crazy stat. Hard to believe, crazy stat. But, you know, I mean, James Robinson last year was, he was, like, churning out points out of being the, the alpha back and getting all those red zone opportunities. And I'm just not seeing it this year with, with that Jacksonville team. So, I, you know, he got caught price enforcing and landed James Robinson. And now he's trying to unload unload him on the guy who had him last year in Booby. So, you know, he's he's struggling right now. And he has, you know, he's DJ Chark, too. And I, I said I didn't like him. He had a good week. But now he comes in with 2.4. You know, Darren, Wall, Darren Waller is going to get his. But outside of that, what else, what else are we talking about here? Mixon. It's not. It's not good. Yeah, Mixon had a good week last week, but this week back to normalcy. It looks like. Well, he does have Michael Pittman on the bench, and he's looking kind of like an alpha receiver. Third down and 14. Here comes Donald. Donald in the face of Wentz. He knocks him down as Wentz fires, and it is caught in Rams territory by Pittman. As Wentz took a hit from Donald, but connects with Michael Pittman Jr. 42-yard pass play. So I think he's going to mm-hmm. shift. He's going to start shifting him into the lineup. But at the same time, Carson Wentz has two sprained ankles and he's going mm-hmm. to, you know, Jacob Eason is going to be throwing the ball. So what is he even worth? I mean, the strength here is in his two quarterbacks, but he can only start one between Hertz and Stafford. So it's 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 kind of messy over here on the on the PR and the butt side of the ball. I agree, Brent. And look, I do want to highlight PRB because we we neglected to do the recap last week. So. Uh, and I know PRB is a, a, a great friend of the show, and he's a he's a big listener of the show. So, and he waits for it every single week. And we and we kind of we we bypassed his his game in the recap. So, I want to just take my hat off to PRB to a great win. I think he had like 140 points last, last week and got a win. Great win. But I just I, I I mean I can't not let an 86 point game go that wins without saying that it's absolute garbage and trash. And it makes me even more irate, Brent, because because this is a guy in PRB who is like the first guy to like say, oh, fantasy. Oh, that's fantasy. Oh, that's life. That's the game. How do you control? Yeah, it's easy to make those aloof statements when you get all the luck. And this guy, it's not just this year. Every fucking year, it seems like at the beginning of the year, this guy's like three or four and oh, getting these garbagey wins. Whereas opponents put up like 70 or 80 points. I'm sick of seeing it. I hope he gets absolutely screwed the rest of the season in terms of his matchups. I hope everybody scores 150 on this guy so he, for a change, can eat the bad luck. It's easy to just, you know, put it off to, oh, it's just the, the breaks of the game. Yeah, when you don't get any negative luck your way, it's easy to have that take. Then he's running around here, from what we hear offering a guy in James Robinson who's has like eight points the last two weeks in a row, trying to offer him for Travis Kelsey, who has like 60 fantasy points in the first two games. This guy's an absolute clown, Brent. I hope he's got the clown makeup ready for this Sunday because he should just dress himself in the, I want a full clown outfit and a, and a picture at wherever he's watching the game. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. That's a second. I feel like that might be the second week in a row that you've just unloaded on PRB, it's, it's becoming like a little uh, back and forth here this season. I, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it, I got to be honest. All right. Lo- love you, PRB. We can move on, though. 
right. All right. Let's move on to a really high scoring game here after that really low scoring game here. And uh, it's the it's the Wookiee Castaway TJ against Schwarz uh, and 155-135. Just an absolute high scoring game here again from TJ this week, putting up 155. This cat, you know, I, I don't even think the commission brought it up or sent out any communication on this, but Josh Jacobs, that's a, that zero in his lineup. That's a, that's a fine. He was, he was ruled mm-hmm. out Saturday, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So this cat drops a zero in his lineup and still puts up 155 because of the explosion game that he got from Derrick Henry. Here's Derrick Henry with some nice running. Henry trying to turn it on inside the 30. Stays on his feet and he will go. Derrick Henry, 60 yards. Check this out. We saw, we heard, then we conquered. Say something about that. Woo. Combined with Russell Wilson and some other like nice chipping performances from Jefferson. And, you know, Daryl Henderson before he got dinged up. And, you know, Debo Samuel, like, he had a great week last year, last week, and then chips in with another 13 this week. Just a big week for TJ. And it's like, it's a shame for Schwarz, but like you said, like, he had a lot of lucky games last year, and now he's falling on the, on the wrong side of the luck this season. But another huge game from Tyler Lockett, who's looking like just an incredible value pick. I'm pretty sure he paid about 6.5 for him at the draft. And right now, mm. through two weeks, that's looking like the 6.5 that was spent on Stefan Diggs last year, the way that Lockett's playing. Brent, I don't know. We, we could touch on this maybe in the HSSR. Maybe we can touch on it now. I don't know. But it's what Lockett's doing is beyond what, what we've seen. You know, with, I, I mean, it's just insane, uh, the, pr- the production that he's gotten these first two weeks. And it's obviously boosted him to a very good start. I mean, he's put up 135 now in back-to-back weeks. Those are very healthy scores. You expect to be getting wins, at least one win, if you put up consecutive 135 spots. And he gets two L's. But like you said, last year, the fantasy gods were smiling upon him. This year, not so much. Unlike PRB, this guy's actually taking the reverse of what he received last year. I mean, overall, like, you want to see more out of the quarterbacks? Like, he went with two young cats, and they're not looking. I mean, Fields... He's uh, he's not the starter. If if the Red Rocket is healthy, if Andy Dalton is healthy, he is still the starter. Uh, but Fields did not really look great when he got his opportunity, uh, and and Lawrence doesn't really look like he's going to pan out to be like an elite rookie quarterback that we've seen in the last couple years. Um, I, I think he's got some quarterback woes. I mean, with with the rest of his his lineup doing what they're doing, if if he had some some consistency at quarterback. You know, who knows, you know, what would be happening at this point. Speaking of consistency, a quarterback, though, Russell Wilson is someone that TJ is going to be able to rely on all year. Obviously, Henry is, too. And a lot of these other guys that looked like maybe questionable picks looked like they're going to pan out. Like, both of us hated TJ's picks out of the draft. We did not like this team. I mean, he is just smoking right now. He is red hot. I think he's second overall in points right now. And he is... Some egregious scapping mistakes over the first two weeks. You highlighted the Jacobs one uh, this week. I mean, he has made just some ridiculously bad decisions. He's left Gronkowski on the bench two straight weeks. This guy's like five touchdowns or something this year, four touchdowns already. He left him on the bench both times. Like, he's making terrible decisions, and he still is crushing it. 
Like, TJ looks like he's a real player this year. I don't know if he has, like, you know, the uh, – I mean, he has Singletary on the bench. That's 19 points. So here's the deal with with when you're the, when you're one of the top-scoring teams in the league and you're making errors in your lineup like this. Like, yeah, sure, for everybody, every point counts. But every point counts even more when you're in the top of the league in scoring because now you're in that MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. And we saw just last year that the MVP was decided by three points. So, like, it's even more critical – when you're up in this territory to maximize your points each week. And, and, you know, that's, that's right off the bat, 19 points that we can maybe try and remember later in the season. If it comes up with TJ and the MVP that he just kind of left on the bench in, in Singletary, he had a capable backup. He could have plugged in really easily for Jacobs there and, and left it on the bench. Sure. And obviously it's just ridiculous that he didn't put Gronkowski in. It's ridiculous. He's, he's playing at home against Atlanta. Like Gasicki is playing against Buffalo on the road. Like, what are you thinking? Like, that, like it's not second-guessing. That is a horrendous decision. Like, that's 13 more points. So he literally just threw, like, over 30 points away this week. He should have had over 180 points. He should be the MVP right, right now after two weeks. I mean, it's – but bad decisions, and you're right. Every point counts. Yep. So, all right, we can move on to the next game here. We kind of hit that one pretty hard. Uh, you know, another pretty decently high-scoring game here where um, Never Nude Stover puts up 161 and, you know, knocks last chance Russell down to 1-1, one one, even though Russell put up 125 in a very respectable game where he only got five out of Kamara and still reached that total, which, you know, that means he got support from the rest of his lineup and guys like Mike Williams, who's looking like a pretty good pick this year. Stop. Good throw. Back to Williams. Cowboys converge. He escapes. He dives! Is he in? Yes! Touchdown! Mike Williams! Uh, Chris Godwin showed up for him. Even Juju got a touchdown this week and showed up for him. And McCaffrey was kind of a pedestrian 22, but he had the Aaron Rodgers game where he threw four touchdowns on Monday night to really boost his scoring total up. But, you know, Stover comes bounces back with a really strong, really strong week here. He got almost identical 28s from... Rondell Moore, which is a great start. I, I mean, I bet you when Rondell Moore scored that touchdown, people were scrambling to look at Stover's roster to see if he actually had him mm-hmm. in. They're all 23. Murray reverses. Murray looks long. He's got a receiver. Moore with a blocker. Rondell Moore, a touchdown, Arizona. Wow. 77 big ones. Who needs two minutes, Gus? And he had him in what looks like the R, the the wide receiver one spot here. So he was right there, man. Even though he had, and, he, and he slid Devontae Adams down to the flex probably for planning his roster a little bit with the Monday night game. Great coaching decisions by Stover up and down. I mean, really, really great. I mean, the Rondell Moore was an exceptional start. There's no doubt about that. Like, I don't know how sustainable that is. He looks good. The, the target share looks like it's going to be there. Like, I don't know that he's going to replicate that kind of game, but it looks like he's a starter. I mean, uh, the 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 Cortland, I don't know if it's Sutton or Sutton. I really don't know Sutton. how to say that name. Sutton. Sutton. Okay. But, I, you know, obviously that chaps me watching that as obviously Judy would have just ate that Jaguars defense up if he wasn't hurt. So he, he you know, he benefits from that. And, you know, I don't know how, how you know, sustainable getting the, the 50, whatever, the 60 almost points there out of those two guys are, but. Up and down the lineup, some nice contributions. 
Um, he's got a, a big quarterback problem going on, I think, right now overall. And I think there's definitely some ways to address that on the fab market. So I would look for him and Joey and a couple other guys to get in on on a couple guys that are that are out on the market right now. But uh, yeah, you said it, Russ. Look, he's he's just he's got a good squad. Like he's he has a plethora of ways to score. Uh, I think he's going to just be right in the thick of it. Like he's going to average like around 125, 230 points per game, no matter what this year, uh, barring injury. So, I mean, this is just kind of like a, a, an average game of what I think we can expect to see. Unfortunately, he came up against a higher opponent this week. And those are the breaks of the game as PRV would tell you. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, uh, there's a guy out there sitting out there that I'm really curious if someone's going to take the leap on these, these quarterback needy teams and it's a guy who I think is absolute trash. But, you know, he had 25 points the first week and 33.4 points the second week. Do you know who I'm talking about? I would guess you're talking about Sam Darnold. No, Daniel Jones. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, wow. okay. I'm starting I'm starting to hear some buzz. I mean, and you look at his you look at his upcoming schedule against Atlanta, New Orleans, Dallas. Like, wow. You could you could go in like a three week stream with him and uh, maybe get some okay. some productive points. I don't know. There is that bet about Daniel Jones being uh you know top five quarterback in fantasy this year, and he 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 started off the year scoring points somehow. I don't even know how it's happening. I I, I watch the games and I still don't know how it's happening. Yeah, Brent. Just to touch on it real quick, there's a lot of good streaming options right now on that on the market. I know we didn't we're not going to do a big fab highlight this week, but I mean this is why PRB again needs to don that clown makeup. Because of the the offers he's seemingly making for a quarterback. Look, bro, we get it. You have two good quarterbacks. But like Brent just highlighted, like 25 and 33 from Daniel Jones in back-to-back weeks. Darnold has a similar set of line. I think he has 25 and 28 or something. And then you have what right now, I mean, it's early, Brent. I don't like to do over-exaggerations early in the season. But like right now, like Derek Carr is an MVP to me. Like, he is after two weeks, he might be the MVP of the NFL. He is available on, on the market and, and applying the way he's played in real life football, which has been exceptional. It's applicable to fantasy. He's put up like 35 and 38 or something like that. There are a, a slew of options out there. So PRB put the, put the makeup on stop with your stupid trade offers. No one's going to trade with you, bro. Yeah, you're going to have to really bring down the value of the guys that you're looking for in return for those quarterbacks. Because like you said, the the, the market dictates the value, not not how much you like the guy as a player. So once you come down to market value, maybe you'll be able to get something in return for one of those quarterbacks. But quarterbacks are always the hardest thing to trade because look at the look at the, the streaming market out there. Like they can mm-hmm. just get something in return without having to trade you a, a, a key player. So, you know start to figure out how quarterback trading works in this league before you, before you try and uh, make some offers out there. Exactly. All right. So we can probably move on to the, to the next game. We got kind of got off topic there, but the next game that I wanted to talk about was between you and Booby. Now we haven't been tracing the, the picks that we made here. I had the bags pick wrong on my game. We, we both picked Frank. We were both wrong on that one because of PRB we both had TJ nailed that one. Now, in this game, I had Booby in this game. You had yourself for the second straight week, and you got it right for the second straight week. Two weeks in a row, and I've delivered in the clutch. Usually, I am nothing but a dog that loses and, like, finds ways to lose, like, in the most fantastical 
of situations. But for two weeks, it's gone pretty good uh, for me. And this week, it was it was Booby who uh, leaves the twenty seven points on his bench, which ooh, that's that's probably going to haunt him for some time now. Yeah, I mean, you, you hate to see it with the, with rugs sitting on his bench and those twenty seven points. That's the second week in a row that I believe a bench swap would have potentially won him the game. Is that correct? Last week it was the quarterback that would last won week the game. for sure. This week we'd have to do the math. It's it's close. It's like one twenty one to one twenty one. Because you take that I mean, point seven that point seven away from Chenault and you add in the twenty seven even it looks like from from rugs, you have to assume that would be the swap because you know Chenault hasn't really done much. So he would, he would have lost one twenty one point twenty four to one twenty point six two. So he still would have lost. Wow, wow, that that would have man, that would have been a crazy game. I don't know if there's anything else in this lineup that would have helped, but you know he did put in Damian Williams, who he said he was showcasing instead of Sony Michelle, and he took Sony Michelle out this week, and he gets he gets four point six. I mean. He actually scapped his quarterback again this week because Matt Ryan outscored Herbert on the bench. So his QB carousel mastery blew up in his face again. Like that's just bad coaching. He's not he's not having a good year in terms of managing his team or, or coaching his team this year. Yeah, I think last week was a bad call. Ultimately, like I, I mean, I didn't disagree with it at the time, but I think you got to go with your guy at that point in week one and go and roll out. Uh, Herbert, this, this game, I mean, I would have, I, I think Herbert was a no-brainer. I mean, he's he's playing Dallas, who presumably is a very bad defense. He's at home, and then Matt Ryan's playing, like, a very good defense on the road, even though the Buccaneers' secondary looks abysmal at this point. So, maybe right. you they, can second they guess. Got, yeah. They got really hurt in that first game. They lost, like, a, right. like, like two, two or three starters in that first game. So you had to, the only way that teams are going to move the ball against the Buccaneers is through the air. Right. That means. That that's true. Yeah. On my end, like again, Brent. I look. I said it last week. I had a bad week. Like two weeks in a row. Like I'm not happy with practically anybody's performance. Like I haven't gotten one stellar like breakout performance from anybody. I've gotten a lot Brady. of average subpar. Other aside from Brady, he's the only guy in two weeks in a row. And look, I don't think it's necessarily like a huge like i'm not expecting five touchdowns like four-man rush brady going end zone it is caught for the touchdown by godwin five touchdowns for brady i'm expecting 303 ish all year every game from tom brady maybe other than this week because of who they're playing but i mean i'm expecting 30 to 35 from him a week like, none of my other guys are really doing anything for a second week in a row. I lose a wide receiver to injury this time much earlier. I don't think Landry made it out of the first quarter um, in what looked to be – it was obviously a high-scoring game. That obviously would have been more. Um, I, you know, my team – like, I haven't been checking the scores. Like, I'm thinking I'm getting waxed week after week now for two weeks, and I'm putting up low scores. And somehow I'm getting wins and scoring decent amount of points like – I don't know if I should be encouraged, like my guys are going to finally, like at some point, lift, or if this is who they are. I don't know. It looks like my floor is high. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at overall, but next week's another week, and we all know I can scat myself in any situation. <laughs> all right, well, we'll wait to see that. Uh, but you moved to 2-0, and Booby drops down to 0-2. You guys are in opposite, going in opposite directions right now, so 
nice win for you there. Uh, we can move on to the next game, and that was the Weasel Barfo game. And uh, man, it looks like Barfo won the bet with Weasel and almost doubled him up in score, putting up 143 to to Weasel's sub 80 point performance of 78, which we're going to ask him about a little bit later. But so many culprits on Weasel's side. Dak Prescott did not expect him to have a single-digit game like that. But, you know, the big fab party winner, Elijah Mitchell, only delivered him six points. So he didn't get his, any bang for his buck yet from from that big purchase. Najee Harris, if, if it wasn't for the receiving work that he's getting, he, he was, I mean, he struggled on the ground. He I think he had 38 rushing yards. You know, he's really not getting it done on the ground, but luckily for him, he was able to get it done with some passing game work. But, you know, Calvin Ridley, 15 points, okay, like, you guess decent game, but there's just no one standing out in this roster to me. Yeah, it's uh, honestly, we'll talk to him about his lineup later on when he joins us via this sneaky hotline coming up uh, after after this, this segment ends. But, I mean, there's a lot of things to be concerned about and a lot of things to not like uh, about this lineup. I mean, honestly, I don't see, like, really any explosion or, like, any, like, consistency where, where points that he knows he can bank on from week to week. Maybe Prescott. We'll see if the Chargers prove. I mean, they're pretty, pretty viable defense, I suppose. But if you have a Steelers player, any Steelers player, you are in a world of trouble right now. And he's got two fairly high marquee positions, uh, and that he's that he's occupying with Steelers players. I mean, he's basically, I'm sure, was was anticipating Harris being his best positional player, and it just doesn't look like that's going to pan out. And when you overspend on something like that and miss it's really hard to recover i mean you you basically have to get some diamond in the rough sleeper that explodes and becomes like a top 10 positional player that you paid for like a million for and i don't see really any of that on this lineup either so i don't know where the points come moving forward as for princess barfo it looked like he was off to another bad start after that abysmal week one performance he had brent like 50 points going into the Monday night game. And I'm thinking, yo, this dude might want to go back to being the auctioneer. I mean, he he, ha- he has the horrid week one. He throws up in the stall and then on himself at the fab party. Then he comes out and puts a 50 spot down through Sunday. But lo and behold, LaBum Jackson comes out Sunday night. I'm sorry, not Monday night. Sunday night in that game and absolutely scorches it with 40 points. Then the Monday nighter, you get the big game, not the big game, but a very nice game from Tanya with 15. And then Aaron Jones, look, he ain't scoring four touchdowns again this year. We know that. But the 39 spot shows that his explosion and his ability to pop off uh, here maybe a couple weeks here and there is definitely still live and active. There's Aaron Jones. Got it. Fourth touchdown of the night. For Aaron Jones. Barco's team looking definitely much better after uh, week two than it did after week one. You knew Lamar Jackson would come around and start having his games. I think he felt pretty bummed about him himself calling out Lamar Jackson at the draft for $13 million and the room going quiet. Like he had, you know, like egregiously overbid on someone. But, I, you know, the 13 isn't that bad. And he has a quarterback who's electric, who's going to put up a lot of fantasy points. And he got that from him this week. Paired that with Aaron Jones, who I know you said he's not going to score four touchdowns again this year, but that's what Aaron Jones does. He has these big games like this, mm-hmm. so I'm not too, I'm not too surprised. And it was a kind of a quiet game 
for two players that are big names here. Um, DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Brown, two big right. players that were kind of quiet this week that that will, you know, that should help his roster. You know, I think things are kind of looking up here a bit for Barco, and I play him this upcoming week. So, I, you know, nice. I'm, I'm really looking at these players here, and I, you know, I'm getting a little worried. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll uh, obviously take a look, take a peek at the, the slate of games uh, coming up, uh, you know, later on in the show. But, Brent, I don't want to miss anybody this week. Have we? Do we have any other games to review? Oh, I think we do. We do. Oh, we do. We do. And it is, it is the highest score of the week, so we cannot forget this game. Right. And, and it some, is some table on table violence here. Too. Yeah, a little table on table violence that re, that re, resulted in a, in a Spross having to cover his his wings on Monday night. But that's because Durazio blew the hell up with 184 points. Now, I know you started talking about another player and used the word MVP, but look right. Look no further than the top of of his team right here. Kyler Murray for a guy that's playing at an MVP level. Here's Kyler Murray. He's in. Oh, what a catch at the five. Christian Kirk does it again. Drops, you know, 400 passing yards, another 31 running yards with a running touchdown, three in the air, 51 fantasy points. I, I don't know if you saw that that one throw he made that was just, like, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this guy is just on fire right now. I said it coming out of the draft. You didn't really like Kyler Murray that much, but man, he is just lighting it up right now. And and pair that with like, you know, I know you hate to see this HTSI, but Cooper Cup is having himself a season. Yeah, Brent. And look, I want to say look, Kyler Murray will, I, he'll likely be in the MVP conversation. They should have lost that game. I mean, you you have a kicker missing a 37 yard field or whatever it was like, that's a loss. And, and Kyler Murray made bad plays in that game. Look, he is an electric athlete he's a great thrower of the football too and from a fantasy standpoint he is a god he is a bum jackson like fantasy god but he made a number of two specifically putrid throws which took away points and really honestly should have cost him that game i i put tom Brady. look tom Brady has not he has nine touchdown passes leading the nfl in touchdown passes he has two two picks in game one which neither were his fault one was a blatant like just lob at the end of the half and the other one literally went through his receiver's hand and he's leading the the league in touchdown passes i know people are expecting them to be good look they're giving up 28 points per game on defense and 400 yards a game like you're not expecting tom brady to have to win you shootouts every single week like he looks like he's gonna have to do i put him in the thick of the mvp conversation but Derek carr has beaten two, two teams which the steelers had a nice win in week one the Ravens had a great win in week two. And you've got you got Derek Carr beating both of them, and no one is expecting the Ra- Raiders to do anything this year. That's why I, I invoke his name first. But, sorry, I had to get off on a little MVP tangent there. Um, I do want to touch on Cooper Cup, though, as well. And this is not going to be a tangent. This is just a, a higher-level outlook on things. Uh, like, when you look at Schwarz right now, who I believe is third in points, Durazio's first in points, Cooper Cup and Tyler Lockett are top seven in points right now in fantasy football. Not top seven wide receivers, top seven in fantasy football. They're higher than every single running back right now in fantasy. They're higher than mostly every quarterback. Like, I think uh, just Brady, um, Mahomes, and Murray, and like, 
one other guy at quarterback is are above them. Like that is not sustainable in my estimation. We'll see what happens. Though look, those two guys, Lockin and Cup, weren't even supposed to be the top options on their own teams this year. Do I think they're gonna continue to be top seven above all the running backs in fantasy? I do not think that's sustainable. We'll see. I mean, Durazio goes off. Like I said earlier, though, you can ride a wave of explosion early in the year, just kind of ride it into the playoffs, into the MVP debate the whole year. I mean, we saw from Booty last year, like Booty had a lot of pedestrian games last year. He had a lot of like 90, 110 point games, but he had a couple, he had like a 200 point game, a 190 point game. And that kind of just bolstered his MVP candidacy all year. We might be seeing that right now from Durazio with some outrageously unsustainable performances right now, but it doesn't matter. All the points add up at the end of the year. He's just riding the wave right now, and you can't blame him. I mean, he did have he did had some scares this week with Dalvin Cook getting injured not once but twice. Sounds like he might be okay, but you know, great pick on Hawkinson, who who I think has he's also delivered two weeks in a row, and you know they're using yep. uh, they're using Kyle Pitts. I mean, Hawkinson had 25 and 20 in consecutive weeks. That's solid production from tight end. And he has Kyle That's Pitts, who's kind, of, who's kind of trending in the right direction. Like, you know, he, he he had a pretty quiet first week, but, you know, they're, they're starting to use the ball, uh, use him in different ways. He had five catches for 73 yards. I mean, there's a there's a lot of potential in this roster, and people better watch out because Durazio is back this year, and, you know, he, he's not going to take it easy on anyone that kicked him while he was down last year. Very true. Um, as for the table, boy, real quickly before we talked about this game a lot and got off on a little couple side changes. But um, look, these I think Spross has the ability to have these kind of weeks. I mean, Mahomes is always going to be there. Like, he, like I said, with Brady, I'm expecting 30 to 35. Like, that's the baseline. Like, I, I like I went into the draft expecting him to average that and then maybe have a couple 40, 50, whatever point games. Same with Mahomes. Like, you, the floor is high. Like, he's going to score a, a minimum of 30, even in bad weeks. So he gets the 39 there. But, like, other than that, I mean, Evans had a coming out. That Who knows what happens with that wide receiver situation. He pulled up lame a couple times, and he's always hurt, it seems like. Um, you know, Thielen, he continues to get some nice red area opportunities. Otherwise, not looking that great there. Um, you know, Chubb had a pretty good game, I think, you know, 95 rushing yards and a touchdown. Like, I think that's a pretty good game, but like 101 points, like not, not a great week, not a lot on the bench. I mean, he got that game from McKissick, probably not going to see that, you know, with any kind of frequency. Um, Spross is just going to have to stomach these games because he's so top heavy that if one of his guys like Hill doesn't go off, like it's going to be hard to make up those points. That kind of brings us to the end here, and you know, I'm, while you were while you were chatting there, I'm I'm tallying up the uh, the results, and it looks like you had not much movement this week in the picks. Well, Brent, that was a long uh, initial se- uh, segment to the show. I I need to take a break. I need to get up, get a, get some, get a drink. I think I'm gonna segue on into the kitchen area, and uh, you know, get a, get a nice uh, glass of water, probably sidestep my table. But in the in the interim, though, we do have to take a quick word from one of our sponsors and it is as always predictably a new sponsor uh brent i don't know much about this one um you know i wasn't pressed into the voicing duties this this week believe it or not stinky nation uh trivia question these are this is the first show i have not voiced either sponsor so i'm just gonna sit back when i get back from the kitchen listen to the sponsor and uh we'll catch up with stinky nation right after this break with 
a special guest via the stinky hotline. I will say this, PRB, get your lubricants ready, my friend. <laughs> You're going to need them. Timeless elegance, unparalleled talent, the wetness you fantasize about. Only tables. You heard of OnlyFans, but they are just one of our fans. Only tables. Some guys brag about having a third leg, but we have five long, sturdy, and studly legs. Only tables. We're the glorious centerpiece of any kitchen. We don't slave away in the kitchen. Only tables. If you don't have a seat at the table, you're probably on the menu. Only tables. Call now and use the discount code MENSA to unlock the wettest content on the World Wide Web. Only tables. It's a way of life. Only tables. Nation, welcome back and Brent. Only tables. Ooh. Ooh. Man, that 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 was that was one of the wettest sponsors I think we've we ever had uh, on the show here. I, I I'm telling myself off. I'm I'm completely drenched and soaked here. And you know, you know, not only that, but we have some uh some little drops here from um from the bags family that that also feel that way. I get so and wet. I'm the geek so dead with. I want the chainsaw. It was wet. Amazing, amazing content wow. coming in. Wow, just what a what a great way to kind of set the table for this interview that we have coming up. <laughs> wow, Brent, that there's a lot of table centric activity going on right now. Uh, I can't think of any better guest to bring on to the show right now than. Ryan Pertucci, Ryan Pertucci, I don't know if I'm saying that right. We're going to have to ask him about that. AKA Tucci, AKA the draft weasel, AKA the honey badger, AKA whatever you want to call him. He's got many nicknames. He wears many hats in this league. A guy that needs no introduction. Uh, but Brent, I know we're excited to have him on. Let's go ahead and welcome on Tucci to the Stinky Cast via the Stinky Hotline. Tucci, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. 
great to have you back on the show. I know you were a guest previously on the Stinky Cast last year during the uh, the initial weasel stuff, but here we are again. Now we are in the Stinky Kitchen, and I can assure you that for the most part, whatever the kitchen is cooking up this year does not smell very good. But regardless, again, thanks for joining us on the show this week, Weasel. Even though you swore off getting involved in any talking this year, we, we appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, my ass is a little red from this weekend, yesterday's matchup, but uh, here I am, and I'm sticking to my commitment. So, Wow. Well, we appreciate it, Tucci. And I, look, I call you Tucci, uh, but I, you know, I find it like kind of weird that basically everybody in the stinky league goes by last names. Like, I, I don't like I, I didn't even know Stover's first name for like three years. And like, I, you know, Bags doesn't even go by his real name. I have to remind myself that that's not even his real name. Uh, you obviously have kind of some truncated version of your last name, Ryan Pertucci. First of all, am I saying your last name right? And secondly, when did this like little uh, nickname truncation thing begin in your life. Does anyone actually call you Ryan other than your parents? Pretty much. No. Yeah. Okay. It started back in, I think it was like seventh or eighth grade, pretty much. Wow. So, yeah. So not even any like females or males that you date call you Ryan? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. They, they all <laughs> males. Good one there, Brentley. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> now, here's the thing with that. Here's the thing with that. I don't give my, I don't introduce myself at all like that. But if I'm with a group of people hanging out, right? Let's say you guys don't know any of them. And then on a, uh, you know, a chance where somebody like mixes into that group, they will call me that in front of those other people. And then those other people will start calling me that. It's kind of so, like a, it's like a host, like, a, like on uh, The Walking Dead. It's like COVID. It just spreads. Wow. So, you're, so you're, your name is like COVID, you're saying. That's what you just, that's what you just compared your, your name to, COVID. No, I was, just, I was just saying that that's how it goes. That, that's how it spreads. It spreads. So, okay. It's very, infect- yeah. it's very infectious, you're saying. I got you now. Yeah. So when you, when you introduce yourself, you would say Ryan. No, I said the honey badger. Oh, get the uh, no. fuck out of here. <laughs> Well, well, Tooch, uh, you know, segue into nicknames, uh, and you kind of you kind of brought it up. I know we talked about the weasel last year when we had you on, and I know you particularly were looking, uh, you know, uh, fortunately towards uh, changing the year and getting a new nickname and leaving the weasel in your rear view. But then Durazio comes through and names you the weasel for a second year in a row. Uh, talk about first of all, do you think, is, is that fair? Is there some kind of like, did he take advantage in some kind of a, a loophole of the rules to keep the weasel alive? What are your thoughts on being named basically the weasel for a second year in a row? And then secondarily, like on a level of one to 10, 10 being like extreme hate, like how much do you truly despise this nickname? Well, I'll answer the first, the second question first. I, I hate the name. I obviously hate the fucking name, so fuck it, <laughs> fuck everybody in the league. <laughs> and second, and and to go back to the first question, there was it was it was I had mixed emotions about the name this year because on one hand I was going to shake off the weasel, I was so sure I was going to shake off the weasel. On the other hand, I had, I think he's probably the biggest ball buster in the league, 
Steve Durazio naming me. So I knew it was going to be, he was going to come out with some thunder, you know, some, some, some straight up fire on that name. And uh, I think I was ready just to take the fire. But when he unleashed the weasel, I, I just, I, I just felt it was like, it was like, like a, a balloon deflating when he named you weasel again. I couldn't believe it. Yes. Yes. I couldn't fucking believe it. Now it, it was like a tour de force of a name by, by Steve who in one fell swoop got you and PRB, like his two biggest nemeses in the league. <laughs> he got, he just took you both out with one name. That was, it was pretty impressive. That was, it was, it was good. It was, uh, I mean, I was laughing cause it was funny, but yeah, it was, he, he got me good. He got me good. <laughs> well, and you know, I, I think you, now you got called out a number of times during the draft on Weasling, but can you confirm, I, I think you properly answered the position and team every time you were called out. Is that right? Every single time. Yes. Wow. I was almost. Oh, did no. the, the did the whole Michael Carter thing count? Like Jay, you 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 went directly at Weasel and Russ at, about Michael Carter. You didn't like officially call out Weasel rule, but you you pointed at both of them and you were like, Michael Carter, name the fucking team and run position that guy plays. I guarantee you don't know who the hell he is. And you, it was Weasel and it was Russ that you were talking to. So, it, but that, it was it was Russ. I was one hundred percent targeting Russell with that Weasel call. And theoretically, I shouldn't have even been allowed to call him out on that one because I won that bid. So, like, as we know, the weasel rule is only in effect if you lose the bid. Right. Um, so, but I still was just so irate about Russ driving me up on him uh, that I, and then I ate the shot because Russ, credit to him, knew exactly who Michael Carter was. So, um, but yeah, I don't think anybody was, was victimized on the weasel rule this year except. Frankie Fernandez, who, oh, yeah. did, who did indeed draft <laughs> uh, the who who did he think he thought he, he T. Thought, Higgins was um, Tyler Higby or something? Tyler, correct. Yep. Correct. He thought so. He was draft. He thought he was drafting the tight end and actually had the wide. That's receiver. how he got T. Higgins. Yeah. 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 He thought he was. He thought he was the other guy. Oh man, that is sloppy. That's funny. <laughs> And he openly admitted it and happily did the shot. Wow. Wow. It was so bad. That's how that happened. All right. It's good to know. Correct. Um, well, Tooch, I hate to bring it up because we're, you know, we're we're like kind of kitchen mates, obviously. We're like, we're like on the same team in effect this year. But I have to ask you about your absolutely abysmal week this last week. I mean, 78, 78 points, that is a low week. You also only had 12 points on your bench. So it, you know, basically it was like 90 points total among all 15 of your players. Like take us through this week and just like, how did that unfold? Like, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty shitty right now. I'm feeling very shitty right now. Uh, I will chalk this week up to a mulligan. Everyone's had an 80 point week. Brent, you had one last week. Yep. So this is mine. I got out of the way. And uh, like Bill Belichick says, we move on to next week. All right. Well, now, that, but it hurt. But it still hurts. It still hurts. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Jay, that kind of seg. Uh, if you're done, that kind of segues yep. into, into one of my questions, which I'll sure. front load into this. Um, 
you know, one of my questions was, what is your confidence level on making the playoffs this year after spending two weeks without going over 100 points and being the lowest scoring team in the entire league so far? So, you know, I don't want to kick you while you're down after Jay's uh, question right there, but we might as well. I just wanted to piggyback that right there. But it's, it, you're, I think you already answered that. Playoffs? playoffs. <laughs> I'm just trying to win a game right now. That's all. Uh-huh. And I'm going to have, I'm just trying to have my players meet their fucking expectations of what they're supposed to do that CBS says. Right. That's all. That's you're what looking, I'm focused on. You're looking for them to meet those CBS projections that you looked at. Right? <laughs> uh, dude, I was scheduled to score like 117 points and win by five. And then all of a sudden on game day, I was, I was supposed to lose by like four. And then it just got worse from there. Fucking Apu's been drinking <laughs> shots all week or something. Cause he's all over the place. <laughs> Steve, he's been hanging out with Steve D. All right, well, well, I'll get off that because you know I don't want to I don't want to kick you too hard while you're down. So, like I said, so can you walk us through the Elijah Fab Party night and how you approached the decision to take him home that night for a record 151 million of your budget? Oh yeah, this is a uh, that was a that was a that was a big event last week. Um, it was a very big event. Well, as you know, I went silent. Like yeah. I, you didn't hear anything from me and I almost texted everyone saying, Oh, well, I'm going to go in big or maybe I'll go after him. But you know what? I figured I'm not even saying shit because I don't want to give anybody the upper hand. So I actually listened to my fantasy football podcast that day. I listened to it every day last week and they were hyping up Elijah Mitchell all week, basically like Monday, Tuesday and then Wednesday, they actually they, they do this show every single week. And what's cool about it is it's an hour. And on the Wednesday show, they're like, we're bidding for Elijah Mitchell. Right. So I could see all this happening in real time. And on the show, it's like their fab is revealed who got them and they all like play against each other. So when I found out that somebody had like 100 fab and they bid like 96. 92 on them right and 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 the guy won and the other two guys were like oh fuck man i wish and you know one guy bid like 85 and somebody bid like 82 and they were kicking themselves at that point wednesday at like five o'clock six o'clock i think it was right right before the fab party started right before the fab party started i said to myself you know what i want this guy and if somebody else gets him i'm gonna be fucking pissed off if Booty gets him, because I thought Booty was going to get him because he needed running back. He needed a running back. I was like, I'm going to hate myself. This guy's going to be like James Robinson last year when I sat on the sidelines and didn't do anything. I'm being aggressive and I'm making the fucking playoffs and I'm going to have a good season. All right, and, I, like I like that energy. Go ahead. And then I went in with it and said, all right, to get this guy, he's going to be at least a buck 30, right? Because I've, I've seen what other players go for. And then I just said, you know what? He's going to be minimum a buck 35. I'm pretty sure I can get him. And then I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to throw another 15 or 16 on there and go up to 151 and lock this up. So when I woke up the next day and looked at the, the, the email at like 4.45 in the morning, like I knew I knew I had him. Right. You, like, you rolled over and Elijah, rolled, Mitchell, uh, yeah. Elijah Mitchell was in your bed after the night before and you had him. <laughs> you, know, you, you locked it in. Yep, that's exactly right. And we had a great morning sex. And I went about my day. <laughs> well, you know, 
I, you know, I'll give you credit for for balling out and dropping that 151 on a guy that you thought you needed because I, you know, I agree that you clearly needed uh, to do something about your running back situation. We'll see if that's the answer or not. He he, uh, you know, he had that touchdown taken away this week, so he didn't really do anything. But Eagles defense has been tough. Probably better matchups ahead for him, but it's it's kind of a mess there. So good luck trying to pick what is going to happen week to week. Totally. Now, did you agree, Brent, that I had to go for that guy? Because yeah. I have Sermon like that, like I have more incentive to get him. You had more incentive than, than anybody because you could have locked in the, the backfield at that time, theoretically, with having either one of them just not being able like the, the worst problem you would have had is trying to pick which one to start. And that's probably a better problem than not having the guy on your roster. Exactly. Exactly. And if I, and if I, and, and this, he may be a total bust. He may be like Sherwin Williams from fucking a couple of years ago. <laughs> fuck you for Kerwin Williams. Fuck you for always bringing that up. But you know what? In fantasy, you got to take the calculated risks. And this was still the, this was the right move to do. All right. So speaking of calculated risks, I have uh, that goes right into my next question here. When you spent 27 million on Najee Harris, were you aware that the Steelers ranked 32nd in rushing offense last year? Because they currently rank 31st. I did. I had James Conner last year, and he was the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he sucked dog shit last year. <laughs> he, he sucked ass. And I knew going in that they had not addressed that offensive line. However, he was a three, he's a three down back, he's a rookie. I wanted like that special rookie guy that was going to be fucking just dominant. And like, I figured. You wanted like the next CEH on your team, but but like the yeah, well that's what I may be getting. But I wanted like the the potential. Who, who's a who's a rookie running back that just lit it up? Like Saquon Barkley. Like Saquon, yeah, exactly. A three down back that's not going out at all. Yeah, that was my that was my thinking. Okay. He scored seventeen point six points this week. That's not bad. Yeah, his rushing his rushing is leaves a lot to be desired, but he did get involved in the passing game this week, which this is probably going to be a repeat because I'm probably going to talk about it in the recap section on this show. So apologize if it's a, this is like duplicating that part of it. But agreed, he, he he did get involved in the passing game. It's just the the, the rushing totals and uh, his his average yards per carry. It doesn't it's not a good sign, but you know he has he has a lot of a lot of time to go here. Totally. Yep. All right. We'll see. So. That brings me to a little quiz game show. You know, I like to play a little game on the show. This one is called The Heat Is On because I am currently talking to two-thirds of the kitchen right now. So <laughs> The Heat Is On is a, is a little quiz, and it's you're, you're going to see what the theme of the quiz is really quickly. Now, I actually invite Jay to participate in this. It can be either one of you can give a crack at answering these questions, and we'll see wow. how you guys do, okay? Okay. <clears throat> All right, so ready? First question here of the heat is on. At what temperature does water boil? 212 degrees. 212 degrees Fahrenheit or Celsius? Fahrenheit. I, I think I, I would concur with that. I think that's right. Ding, ding, ding. You got that right. I start here, guys, in the kitchen. All right. See? Now, next question. What is the term for embellishing a plate with something decorative to enhance the presentation? Um, the term for embellishing. One more time. The term for embellishing a plate 
with something decorative to enhance the presentation. Garnish. Got it. Look at that. Wow. Weasel wow. got it. Two for two in the kitchen here. All right. He knows, wow. he knows what's going on in the kitchen. <laughs> That's right. right. This one's a little tougher. This one's a little tougher. What type of beans are used to make baked beans? Um, Tooch, do you know? Not lentil beans. Definitely not lentil beans. Nope. Not magic beans. You don't get like four guesses here. What's your guess? Um, I don't I'm, know, Jay. Kidney I'm gonna, beans. I'm going to go kidney? No. What do you the think? Correct, the correct. Wait, wait, wait. I got. Give Jay an opportunity. I'm between navy or red. Well, Jay, you're, you're you're vegan, so this is like right up your alley here. I'm gonna go with navy beans. It's actually haricot beans. Damn. Oh. All right. Tough so you, ones. Got, you got two right, one wrong here. Next question: What is, what ingredient is usually added to bread to make it rise? Yeast. Yeast. Yeah. All right. Good job. I gave you a layup there. Got that one right. How many teaspoons make one tablespoon? Ten. Uh, Ten? Three. Ten is your answer? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know three. that shit. What'd you say, Jay? Three. You got it, Jay. You got it. Three. Uh, <laughs> Ten teaspoons and one tablespoon. Yo, next time you go into your into your <laughs> into your kitchen, yo, look at look at what the spoons look like and, 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 and put a teaspoon <laughs> next to a tablespoon. Alright. How many ounces are in one cup? This is U.S. measurement. How many ounces in one cup? Uh, eight. Got it, Jay. Yeah. With the quick answer, nice work, guys. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up with the with the quiz here with one kind of tough one. What is the tang? T a n g. What is the tang on a knife? Um, oh, man, is it? Uh, oh, jeez, is it? It's the the little stem part that goes from the blade to the handle. Damn, Jay, look at wow. you. You <laughs> nailed that. I, Jay, I, you know what? Like I, I'm walking away from this kitchen quiz kind of impressed. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I, I really didn't expect you guys to nail as well as you did. <laughs> I think we only got two wrong, right? You guys should maybe get into, like, a, a fantasy uh, cooking league or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Brentley, Tootie yeah. and Jay know the kitchen, baby. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you guys know your way around the kitchen. How about that? We do. We're we're in the kitchen, by the kitchen, for the kitchen, baby. Yep. All right. Wait. Wait. Hold on. What? Is that the... Is that Durazio's music? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the table. It's the table. The table has come. The table has come to clean out the kitchen. They're going to take that weasel rat thing out and put him in the trash. Where he belongs! They're gonna take that Jay Step or whatever the fuck out and shove him right up Booby's ass where he likes it! And guess what, Mike Booby? He sucks! <laughs> is oh, is, is Dorazio wow. live right now or was that a recording? I think he's standing in my living room right now. <laughs> my, my ears are fucking bleeding and my eardrums have popped from that. Yeah, wow. uh, we're we're about to go to the crossbar to settle up on our wings bet. Uh, gotcha. Bags is also standing here next to me. The table is in the house for the for the end of this call. I'm sorry about the volume there. I might not even be able to use that because he was yelling so loud. So TBD on whether that gets into the call or not. God, can he can he hear us now right now or no? No, no. It's okay. back. 
Okay. Okay. Well, well, I could. I'll get. I'll get to him. Uh, you know, during the cast tomorrow, during the recording, maybe we could. We could have a little response to the, to that uh, that little tirade. But yeah, my uh, I'm I'm partially deaf now too, so <laughs> hopefully my my hearing recovers by the time we shoot the cast tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, well, Weasel, thank you again for coming on to the show, even though you're kind of down in the dumps this week, and uh, we really appreciate you being on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I look forward to, uh, to competing the rest of the year and coming out of the dumps. All right, Thanks well, a lot, Toots. Good luck. Good luck uh, with a hopefully a bounce-back week this week in uh, week three. Wow, Brent. Well, you, you heard it there. That was quite uh, a, you know, a revealing interview. We got you know, a number of good insights on a couple things. Uh, the most recent Elijah uh, Fab Party and, and his monstrous bid there. You know, I think maybe you kind of agreed with, with his outlook there. Maybe we'll see how that goes the rest of the year. Also, I mean, I think we learned something towards the end of that interview that Jay and Tucci really know the kitchen. <laughs> I was impressed. You guys, you guys did go, do a good job there. Uh, you know, I thought there was going to be a lot more uh, fumbling going on there in the uh, in the kitchen. But yeah, he did. He did have a lot. He gave us a lot of insight. He was kind of cracking me up a little bit with how he arrived at that, that number. It, it, you know, it, it kind of didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me how he how he arrived at that. But you know, it, I guess it worked. So whatever. <laughs> Whatever, work, he got his guy. And then, Brent, a shocking conclusion to that interview where we, we get the, the sneaky hotline gets hijacked by, by none other than Steve Durazio. He was fired up to, to come in and, and jump in and, and give his two cents into, that, into the end of that Weasel episode because you know what, Jay? Guess who plays each other this week? I, I, you know, I saw earlier today when I was looking over the matchups coming up uh, yeah, that's going to be uh, a pretty contentious matchup. Yeah, that was a nice little preview to bring us into the week here. And uh, and actually, you know, coming up next is actually um, our pick segment in the after this uh, sponsor, right? So, you know, that's I think that that ending is a perfect way to segue into that. Not everyone is blessed with the skills to play fantasy football. Some just can't take the heat. That's why we founded Stinky Kitchen. Here at Stinky Kitchen, we have assembled a clueless team to help navigate your league rules and barely understand them so that you can fumble even the most basic league tasks. Not sure how free agent bidding is processed even though you're the commish for 17 years? Well, neither do we. Still trying to figure out how IR works? So are we. Would you like to implement a rule so that running backs get .5 PPR? Oh my god, look. It's already done, silly. Want to start a defense at the QB position? We were dropped on our head as children, too. Join the Stinky Kitchen now and be part of something special. And by special, yes, we mean retarded. Just listen to what our members have to say. Dial 1-800-KITCHEN now to reserve your spot because we just haven't grasped phone apps yet. Stinky Kitchen, where the only thing we serve is a hot mess. Wow, well, welcome back Stinky Nation and the Stinky Kitchen, Brent. There, 
This is a very kitchen table oriented episode, obviously. Um, I mean, there's a lot going on here. The, the, the stinky civil war lines have never been stronger. Yeah, I mean, you had to see this coming, like, as, as the uh, interviews and, and stuff start to come onto the show. I mean, this is kind of where it was all heading. So, you know, just, just strap in and enjoy enjoy the content that's coming out of this, because I think I think both of these are, are, are definitely worthy of uh, of some top sponsors. And, and even though, I mean, no slight to you, Jay, your voiceovers for uh, some of these sponsors that come <laughs> in is, is, is magical work, but... I think sometimes it's good to mix it up a little bit. We have some other uh, participants here. Definitely fun uh, to get some of uh, some variety in there. As we know, variety is the spice of life, and it gives my vocals a little rest. Uh, so I, I obviously don't don't mind other people doing some heavy lifting. Some ladies. Absolutely, it's a it's a full team effort here. Um, so, you know, let's before we get into the picks, though, I feel like we need to get into the HSSR breakdown because I feel like after two weeks, we actually have a little bit more interest there than we thought we would. Yeah, Brent, there's definitely a lot of movement uh, from week one, um, obviously, because some people, you know, there we have three 0-2 teams and three 2-0 teams. Uh, so that's kind of, you get some separation in that regard. And the rest are one and one so with those with those teams, essentially the points just kind of tie break, and whoever has the more the more points there will, will be the higher seed, obviously at this point. But yeah, we get just I mean, look, it's still early. A lot of stuff can happen, but yeah, we're not trying to initiate any victory laps. We're just saying, you know, right. This is kind of the breakdown at the moment, and you know, we have TJ TJ the the, the Wookie Castaway sitting at the top of the HSR scoring right now. With with uh, you know 27 in HSSR, and he would be leading the pack right now for that. Yeah, TJ. And look, I you know I said it like I you know, there's two there's a couple ways to view this thing. Like Durazio is really high right now in the HSSR, as am I. Um, I you know I think to me just on the surface, like my team isn't that good right now. Like I, I'm not performing where I think that I I could or should be. Like. Oh, so maybe I could view that with some optimism and say, look, maybe my team comes to start performing like what I foresaw at the draft, or maybe this is what they are. And like, I'm going to be in trouble on the other, on the other hand, Durazio, like, I don't think his team is performing at all. Like, I think they're way above what they, what they will. I think they're going to come back down to earth. Maybe he should view it with negativity to some degree. Like he can't sustain this moving forward or possibly this is what they are. Like, we don't know. But what we do know is TJ at the top spot has made some egregious coaching errors, scapped himself significantly two straight weeks, and he is still atop the HSSR at 27. Like, if I'm TJ, I'm encouraged, other than the fact that I may very well have cost myself the MVP when I look back at the end of the year. But for, you know, his outlook moving forward, I would be very encouraged if I were TJ. Right, so the top four locked picks in the end of the playoffs would be TJ Durazio twenty five, J twenty four, and Spross. That's I see two table members in there, and Stover would be in the playing game with seventeen, and PRB would also be in the playing game with sixteen. That's three out of the five of the table. I know there's a bet on that. That's why I'm bringing that up, but that would make up the top six. And then you know you have this, you have these uh, this four in the middle here, and. The, the playing game, I would correct myself, would be actually Russ and Schwarz would actually be into that playing game. 
the way we have it broken up here kind of threw me off because, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's the seven and eight. So they would actually be into right. the playing game with 15 and 15 tied there between Russ and, Russ and Schwarz. The break comes there after those teams in that nine and 10, which is where Bags and Barco sit with 13 and 11 respectively. And then we have the breakdown in the toilet bowl teams, which is right now it would be me with eight, Booty with six, Tucci with five, and Frank at the tail end of this whole thing with three. But that's only after two weeks. But this is just right. kind of how we're going to break it down from week to week as we move forward. Yeah. So if, it, if, if the season ended today, it would be basically TJ, Durazio, myself, and Spross would be locked in in that week 13. So we wouldn't really have anything to play for other than the MVP. So the points would still be applied to the MVP race, but we wouldn't really have anything, you know, on the line. We would be in the playoffs. Then, you, like you said, you would have uh, Stover, PRB, Russ, and Schwarz in a one-week point sprint. And the top two uh, point scorers in that week 13 would then advance to fill out the field of six. So, and then obviously, Brent, uh, you know, you rounded out the rest of the way. Um Joey and, and Barco would just kind of be, they would be the two uh, Frankie irrelevance um, uh, for the, for this year, but a lot can happen. A lot can change. Obviously the point points uh, mean a lot more this year, but you can tell, as you can see, uh, record still matters because PRB is not, you know, I think he's maybe ninth or 10th or something like that, eighth or ninth in points, but he still is right up there, uh, you know, on the fringe of getting in, to the lock. He's got 16 points in HSSR. Spross has 19 as the final lock there, uh, just based on the fact that he's got the, you know, that 2-0 record. So record still definitely matters. But yeah, we just want to give you a higher level look down, look at it. Uh, we'll we'll kind of break it down throughout as the weeks go on, uh, just to kind of keep everybody apprised. But it's easy to figure out what your points are if you want to do it on your own. All right. So let's get into the pick section here. I think that's all we okay. the time we need to spend on the uh on the standings at this point, because it's so early in the season, it'll probably be mm-hmm. come a, a more bulky segment there uh, as we get further along into the season. But, you know, we do have some picks to get through here. Um, and that, that interview went a little bit long. So let's get right into the picks this week. And I feel like the game that, you know, it may not be the best matchup in terms of uh, teams, but, you know, I think that this, this um, weasel versus Steve Durazio game after that interview that happened is is kind of has like a little bit of uh, excitement to it. So I can pick this game first, and it's actually a uh, you know a pretty difficult pick here because I really love what's happening on Weasel. No, I'm just kidding. It's an easy pick. It's I'm going with I'm going with Durazio <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, Durazio is on fire right now. Uh, like I said, I think there's going to be some regression at some point. I think a number of his players are playing above themselves right now, but. You know, who knows? Maybe that is who they are. Either way, I'm going to have to ride the hot hand. I agree with you. We don't have to spend too much time on this game because I think Durazio is going to have a pretty easy win this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of depends a little bit on if, like, you know, if Weasel has a second running back. We don't know if, I mean, Elijah Mitchell sounds like he's going to play. And if he doesn't, he doesn't really have any viable options on his bench to put in there. So, you know, that's going to be a little bit interesting if, you know, if he was able to pick up someone in fab this week. But, uh, you know, just in case Elijah Mitchell, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell can't play. But, yeah, I mean, with Kyler Murray, Dalvin Cook against Seattle, there's there's plenty going on 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 Yodorazio's side of the ball here. 
to take care of Weasel this week. I, I just wish I hadn't picked him as, as a, one of my locks already earlier in the year, so I can't use him in this matchup. Right. Um, okay, so we both agree on this one. Um, where do you want to go next? Next, let's do the Never Nude Stover versus Wimpy Kid J matchup. And we'll ha- you know, I'm really curious to see where you're going to go this week after picking yourself twice in a row. You get to pick here, so it's up to you. Yeah, Brent, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm just going to keep Ryan the hot hand and myself. No, I'm kidding. Obviously, I'm not picking myself for a third straight week. You think I'm out of my fucking mind? Um, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at the matchups here. Uh, you know, I need I am reliant. I am Tom Brady reliant. Like I need 30 to 35 baseline. I don't think he gets that this week. You know, they're in a hostile environment, a great pass rush, great secondary like I think the Buccaneers lose the game. I don't think Tom Brady has an explosive fantasy game. Uh, I could see maybe 20-ish points. Just not going to be enough. I don't think – I don't know what's happening with my wide receiver position. I know – I see Landry. I didn't know, but Landry is officially on IR. So he joins Judy on IR now too. Uh, two weeks, two wide receivers in my starting lineup, two IR placements. I don't know. Uh, you know, I go with Davis, but he obviously looked bad. They played a tough opponent last week. Um, Stover is just, he's, he's riding pretty high off that last week. I don't like his quarterback situation. I firmly believe he's going to address that with probably a hefty bid on somebody in fab this week. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and put a lock actually on Stover for this week. I, I, will not, I will not be three and out. There's no way that I'm going to remain undefeated. Absolutely. You can lock it Stover. Wow. Okay. That's. Wow, I was not expecting that to be the lock. You know, while you were talking, I was waiting to to jump in here and say that this is the second matchup of the slate that we brought up here. That is table versus kitchen, which is kind of how the theme developed a little bit for this week. And then you're going to go and drop a lock on the table for this game. Wow, that was I was that one caught me off guard. I was not expecting that. Correct. But I mean, like I said, I'm playing the odds three and oh, it's not in my cards. There's no way. I like the direction that that Stover's team is going in. I, I agree with what you said, and I agree with what you said about some of your matchups there. And I think that he is going to make the right play when it comes to quarterback because there's really, you know, a bunch of options to to make that that are all pretty much good plays. So I'm going to go with Stover this week, but I am not putting my lock on him for this game. All right. So next up, we have Bad Gay Booby going up against the number one HSSR team in the league. And as we just described, that is that is against TJ here. So, I mean, I have to pick this one. And, you know, while I think that Booby has some bounce back weeks ahead, like he has Herbert against the Chiefs, their, their defense is really not been able to stop anything. And I don't know if he updated his roster here, but he has Sony Michelle in this week with Latavius Murray. I guess that's, guess that's his new showcasing uh, running back situation. I guess the Damien Williams showcasing didn't didn't turn out too well because he is now on the bench. He has Henry Ruggs in this week, so he's trying to correct his his mistakes from last week, it looks like. But on the other hand, man, the hot hand with TJ, really hard, really hard to bet against. He still has Jacobs in his lineup. You know, if I got pegged with a fine for having Jacobs in my lineup, I would have, like, embarrassingly, first thing Tuesday morning, pulled him out of my lineup just, just because mm-hmm. of the fuck-up. But he still has him in here. He doesn't sound like he's going to play this week. We'll see if he makes the change to Gronk or to to get um, Jacobs out of the lineup here. But 
regardless, I am still going to have to go with uh, with uh, Durkin's team here to take down Booby, and uh, that's going to be my pick. Look, TJ should be averaging like 180 points per game right now. Like he should be. I mean, it's just ridiculous how explosive this guy's team looks right now. And I, again, I'm not going to continue to beat on it. We know I've already mentioned how bad his coaching has been. Uh, yet it hasn't mattered. Um, I think he does make the requisite changes this week. Um, I mean, he's got a couple things to change out, though. I mean, Henderson is probably not going to play, so he's got to remove him. Um, and Jacobs is probably not going to play, so he's got to take both those guys out too, like kind of top-end running backs, or so you would think when you drafted them. But, like, looking at his bench, I mean, he's got a lot of a lot of options to go to. I mean, it's just hard to see. Like, he's on such a roll right now. Ah, this is a tough pick. Um, man, Herbert, you got to like him, though, too, this week. I mean, Booty's going to hate it. I don't want to pick him to go 0-3, but I just – TJ's too hot right now. Like, I, I don't see him him slowing down. I, I'm going to go with, with TJ this week as well. All right. Wow. Going against the uh, – going against Booby again with another pick. This is just a shocking development to start off the season. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> the more I look at the slate, I, I feel like I'm going to have to do this and, and backtrack a little bit into this TJ Wow. Game. You know what I'm about to do, right? Wow. Yep. I'm dropping uh I'm dropping my lock on TJ this week. Wow. Okay. All right. There you have it. So we're both on TJ. You're so confident you're going with the locker. Yep. Yep. Sorry to, to drop that in. I had to go check my notes, but I did have a I did have a big um locker okay. next to him uh in my notes okay. when I when I went back and checked. So that is who I decided my lock is gonna be and that that's who I'm gonna roll with. Um, uh, you know, no offense, Booby, but yeah, I'm sure he's going to use that as fuel. Probably will turn into a feedback call if he does pull out the W. I'm rooting for you, brother. I mean, I, I don't want to see you go 0-3. Uh, the Darkens team is just so explosive right now, though. It's just so hot on the streets right now. It's just hard to see him him cooling this week, especially with these matchups. But, Brent, so far we've agreed on all three games. Where are we going next? Table Boy Sprost versus Hey Stinky Schwarz is the next one up on the slate here. So, this is a tough, tough game to pick, Brent. I mean, I, I've gone back and forth on this one. I actually have a question mark on it. Uh, it's one of, it's the only one I have a question. It's the only one that I was really uh, waffling back and forth on. I do have Spross over Schwarz written down. Uh, you hate to see it. With, with Schwarz having two really good weeks, should have been two wins. You hate to see him go 0-3, but I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think... The table boy, look, 101 pedestrian points this week. He had like whatever, a buck 50 something, uh, or like nearly 160 in week one. I think he kind of, kind of gets back closer to that 135, 140 mark uh, this week. Um, and I'm going with Sprouse to get healthy in this game, and Schwartz to drop to open three. So you know, now uh, this is a tough week for Sprouse because he has Mahomes and Tyree Kill. Both going against uh, the Chargers, and that I mean that that over under is set at 55. I can see that being a pretty high scoring game. They're favored by, you know, six and a half, so their implied total is pretty pretty high in that game. So like sure. I could see this being the bounce back week for that connection that he has between those two. But he had you know he's Mike Evans against the Rams. That's kind of tough. Bad. But yeah, you know Schwartz just hasn't been getting any production from quarterback like. 
This could be the week, though, that Field starts, and he he's able to slide him into his lineup over Lawrence, who just hasn't really delivered in the first two weeks. And with the way that Tyler Lockett's playing, it's really hard to bet against him. I can see why you had a question mark here. There's a lot. There's a lot of difficult matchups in this game. This is like probably the biggest coin toss of the week. So I, I agree. Yep. So you know, I'm gonna have to just go with Spross here, and I think he's gonna drop Schwartz down to 0 3. Okay. So we we still agree. That's four games in a row that we've agreed on. Uh, what's next? You're picking. All right. Next up on the slate is. PR in the butt versus Mad Dong Bags. Really not the easiest game to pick either. I mean, the beginning of the season is really difficult to pick these games, especially when you don't know. Like, I don't know what Bags has up his sleeve for his quarterback situation, you know? So, mm-hmm. looking at this game, it looks like it looks like P- PRB has switched over to Jalen Hurts for the Monday night Dallas game. Can't blame him there. That should be a pretty electric game. Their defense isn't that great. And, you know, he'll probably get a lot of excitement about seeing him in his lineup, but not really excited about anything else in his lineup except for maybe like, uh, you know, Darren Waller or something like that. But also there's some struggles for, for bags that are not just at quarterback. Like C.E.H. and Gibson haven't really delivered on their promise yet. And, you know, when is that going to happen? Will it will it happen? His receivers, like while they've been good, are they going to play this week? Are they going to be 100 percent? He's got to go. He's got to wait for Monday night to decide if Amari Cooper is going to be playing. It sounds like he could actually be a game time decision, and you hate to see that for Monday night games because mm-hmm. you know you have to you have to basically plan your roster around that just that one game. And you know he doesn't have anyone on his bench on either the Cowboys or the Eagles, so you know he's going to have to make some really really tough decisions this week. So really makes this game tough to call, but. I'm actually going to have to go with PRB in this one just because of the amount of question marks I have on the other side of the ball. Brent, make it five in a row because I got to agree with you on this one. I mean, Bags is in a lot of trouble. I mean, like you said, the running backs look, and I should be thanking him because I love these two guys too. So he kind of, you know, he kind of saved me by, by out, by, you know, driving me up and, and stealing these players from me. And then, I mean, the wide receivers are in, I mean, they're they got some health concerns. Brent, there's nothing on this bench. Like I, there's like I'm not seeing anything that I like on this bench that he can ins- insert into the lineup. And he might need to change out two players. And the final thing that I'll say is, AJ Green is in his starting lineup. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, he's he's made an appearance in the starting lineup. He's there. He's sitting there smiling. Look at the picture. He's smiling at you. He's like, I'm back, Jay. I'm back. That's all you need to know, Brad. I'm going with PRB in this one. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it looks like, it looks like PRB has actually updated his lineup because he now has Pittman in there and he has Hertz in there. So it looks like he's made his decision whether he waffles mm-hmm. a quarterback back and forth because, you know, Stafford's in that game against Kansas City, or I mean not T- Kansas City, against uh, Tampa Bay. And like mm-hmm. we both said, the way to, to beat them is throwing the ball at them. So we'll see if he scaps himself with with quarterback this week until he figures out what to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. Brent, I'd be, I would be going with Stafford. No doubt about it. I mean, that, that run defense is fierce and they're going to be probably without their starting running back. Um, you just know, do, it Dallas, that, do what Dallas did and, and throw it 58 times. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's going to be, I don't know. I would be going with Stafford this week, but we'll see. 
We shall see. So we both have PRB in that one against uh, Mad Dong Bags. Next up on the slate, we have Last Chance Rustle versus Freak Squad Frankie. Brent, and look, I picked Russ two weeks in a row. And I said, I've been saying he would be 4-0. I obviously got that wrong. But 125 is a pretty healthy score. I mean, he would have beaten a number of teams. I think I was like maybe, I think I was sixth in points this week. And I had 121. So he would have been fifth in points, which means he scored more than half of the league. Uh, He easily could have been 2-0. I think he gets back on the right track this week. Like, I think, like I said, 130-135 is like a baseline that I'm anticipating for him to get all year, no matter what. And, like, Frank, this guy is – it looks like he's not going anywhere. I like the roster, but at some point, like, you've, you've got to just perform, and you are what your points indicate that you are. I, I like this roster, but I just don't know if – I know Josh Allen's your boy. I don't – that's two straight bad weeks. I was big on Barkley, two straight bad weeks. It looks like – Maybe Metcalf is taking more of a secondary role there in that offense right now. I, yeah, I just don't know what to expect. And, you know, we got Brown is in a tough matchup at the Rams, too. I'm, you know, I don't know, Brent. I, I, I think, you know, Russ easily wins this game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I think that. It, and a lot of them are actually with Russ's matchups. I think he puts up at least 140 this week, and I think he has a big week. And I think he blows uh, – you know, I think he blows Frankie Freak Squad out of the water. I, I kind of regret using my lock earlier because this is actually developing into a, into a, a, a you know, what looks like a lock pick right now. Yeah, you're right. I'm kind of regretting picking, uh, you know, my lock on Stover. But hopefully I, I need all the help that I can get in terms of somehow reverse jinxing Stover into me getting the win. Because I, I don't think I have any shot at winning this week. So I'm okay, actually, with pu- putting the mojo on Stover. Oh, all right. I see how you're working there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the uh, the last one of the uh, slate here is my game, Brent Biden versus Princess Barfa. There's a lot of bees in there. Um, I have to pick this one for uh, for this game. And uh, this is enough when I went back. This is kind of like a, kind of a, a coin flip game. I'm really scared of Lamar against Detroit. I think he could easily run for like 120 yards against them and, and just like walk all over them. Um, so that's one of the biggest things I'm scared about. Tannehill is starting to come around, but Indianapolis, Indianapolis defense is tough. So I'm not loving that. There's there's not many matchups on my side of the ball that I just outright love. And, you know, that kind of scares me going into a week. So for that reason alone, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of leaning towards just picking Barco. He has DeAndre Hopkins. Against Jacksonville, that's that's kind of gross. I think between him and Lamar, he gets like a nice like you know one twenty to one forty point week, and I don't think I'm doing that this week. Brent, this is unprecedented. We are going to agree on all seven games this week. Oh my god, that that's that's got to backfire on us somehow. I will probably every pick we picked will the reverse will happen more than likely. Right, right. <laughs> we'll lose all seven games. Correct. Um. But yeah, I got. I, I have to agree with you. I, I mean, I, I like the trajectory of your team right now, but Barco just has some great matchups this week, and you, you really already touched on it. And I think he's probably going to make some changes. I think, I mean, he's probably going to take his sixty-one million dollar man out. I would think, uh, in, in Tanya, I, I would, I would probably, or no, probably Watkins. He'll probably take Watkins out and put in Marquise Brown, who lit it up. And he looked like a like a very uh, healthy and, and frequent target for Lebom. So 
you know, he'll get that stack going on on with LeBaum and, and and him. I think I think that will even bolster this his potential lineup even more. So yeah, I got to agree. I like his matchups. I think uh, he'll probably get the win. And uh, Brent, that would put no. You're you're you would be one and two. So yeah, I think uh, I think you know we all. I mean, the games look like they're fairly easy to pick this week. I think that's probably why uh, we both agree on all of these picks. Yeah, agreed. I mean, now that saying they were easy, I think there was a couple that were like kind of like coin flips that could really go either way. And I think that's where the Sprosh Wars one for sure. Yeah. Right, right. So I, you know, I think that we just kind of ended up slightly leaning one direction in those games, not really being 100% positive about that. But I think it's a great slate. You know, we have some, you know, table on kitchen action this week to really, uh, you know, heat up the uh, the feedback line coming into the week possibly. So let's, uh, you know, let's hear it. And there's one thing I wanted to say before we get off the show about the feedback line. doesn't always have to be shit talking. Like you can call and say whatever. It doesn't have to be a character. Don't feel like you need to develop this like whole cookie monster character or do something that's like super creative. Like feel free to just fire away whatever you want. Whether you could compliment I know that's not like our style, but you can compliment something, whatever you want to do. Don't feel like you need to have like this super creative thing to call into that line. Anything that crosses your mind you want to throw out there, you know, fire it away. I like it. Uh, I hope I love hearing from people. So hopefully uh, we'll get a, a robust amount of feedback this week and hopefully everybody has a clean week this week whatever your team does i say it every week i hope everybody stays healthy no substantial injuries uh knock on wood for anybody uh good luck to everybody in their individual matchups brantley and i will see you next week same stinky time same stinky channel until then though stinky nation good night Murder takes the flame of the world.